Welcome to our podcast, Mommy Trauma. I'm your host, Mommy Jeanette. And I'm your host, Trauma Bria. Let's get ready to spill the tea. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mommy Mommy Trauma. Trauma. (laughs) We just want to take a second and say thank you to everyone who listened in to our first episode, who sent us text messages of support and love. Thank you for supporting us and for empowering us to continue to share our story with you guys. Thank you guys. We really appreciate all the love and support and non-judgment. So this is very vulnerable to put ourselves out there and we're just excited to um, discuss another important topic. Um, For some of those who don't want to listen to it, that's fine, but we hope that it can help mothers and daughters um, and any families that are going through some things that we're going through. Yeah, definitely. So last episode, we talked about going into some more mommy trauma, but we decided we were going to focus this episode on uh, a pivotal moment in our relationship. And I think in the relationship of probably our whole entire family. And that's when I officially came out at 19 years old. So we want to definitely share both of our experiences. One of the things that, you know, we pre-discussed this episode and one of the things we realized was that we actually have two very different perspectives on what happened that day. And it was really interesting. You know, I, I found myself trying to piece together parts that I had forgotten. You know, my mom did the same. She had a very different experience. And I think that's really important to acknowledge that You know, I came out at 19 years old. I'm 30 now. It's been 11 years and um, I have some gaps in my memory. So sometimes I fill in the gaps to serve myself. And I have doubled the gaps in my (laughs) age. And so I remember the feelings and I remember what I felt and what I connected to and what I felt like how I came off or how I communicated. But I don't have exact truths. All I know is my experience and my feelings of what happened and you have yours. And so we'll discuss that uh, mutually and try to um, share. Uh, it was a it was a very tender and hard moment for both of us. And um, uh, we felt lost, unsupported. I'm sure you felt unsupported. Or, yeah. Um, just a lot of emotions that are involved. But also, um, it's interesting to see now as we talk about it, that the love that I had for my daughter at that at all times was not um, felt at that moment, which makes me really sad. And so I'll let her to say her side of it. But um, And so hopefully we can um, talk about anyone that's coming out um, to their parents or to family members or friends or whoever, that um, maybe it can be done in a little better way in the future. Yeah. Or be more loving and accepting and really use your words to support someone that is already having the hardest time in their life to even try to share. So definitely. Thank you for saying that mom. I think it takes a lot of bravery to step into authenticity and to share yourself fully with people, especially when, you know, you're not quite sure of um, your sexuality or whatever it may be. It can be very scary. And I think that through our years of just working through everything, we have some really great tools that hopefully can support any of you, whether you're, you know, coming out as an adult or whether you have children um, that have came out or that you, you know, are may think um, that could happen in the future. We just hope that our story can support you a little bit with that. So 
Um, I'm going to start because I, I think my coming out story is kind of funny and so perfect for our relationship because my mom is so connected to me spiritually that like I didn't get the opportunity just to just be like, hey, mom, I'm gay. <laughs> you know, like I did not plan to tell my parents. Um, as mentioned in our first episode, I grew up in church and I had a lot of different belief systems um, that I was questioning at the time. I didn't know if it was okay for me to be gay. I knew at a very young age, probably like six, seven years old, that I had crushes on girls. I had crushes on my friend's sisters and, you know, different celebrities, Angelina Jolie, Britney Spears, whoever was the celebrity of the time. So it was something that I questioned for a long time and that I just knew was a part of who I was. And I kept it on lock for a lot of years. And my mom had, you know, asked me throughout the years of my young adulthood, middle school, high school, she checked in with me a couple of times to just try to, I guess, provide that space for me to open up to her. And I felt so ashamed of myself, of um, my own attractions and feelings and thoughts that I didn't feel comfortable opening up to her, you know, and I think that it took um, my mom uh, just being connected to me to get me it, to get me to the point where I felt comfortable enough to finally admit it. She called me one night when I was 19 years old. I was out with my friends partying and she told me that she had had this dream to look up what this sticker on my bumper of my car looked like. And the sticker at the time was just the equality symbol. If you've heard of the human rights campaign, their logo is an equal symbol. And the bumper sticker is you know, blue and yellow. I'd had it for maybe two years since I had my car. And she just said, I had this feeling to look it up and I just need to ask Bria, are you gay? And I remember my stomach dropping through my butt and just feeling so terrified and so stunned in the moment that yeah, I hurried her off the phone. I told her it was something that we need to talk about in person and uh, continued my night with my friends and ended up going uh, to my parents' home, returning home the next day to talk to my mother face to face. I just want to check in with you. Is that, do you remember that phone call? That sounds like what happened. Yeah, exactly. My memory of it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think it's perfect that that is how it happened. I don't think that I would have had the courage to come out. Like I said, I had a lot of fears, a lot of guilt and shame just internally. Um, but also, you know, there had been comments made throughout growing up in particular for my dad. And I just want to disclaim right here before I get into this, my dad is not a homophobe in any way, shape or form. He loves everyone. Yeah, my dad is one of the most accepting and loving people. He grew up in the military where like diversity is, you know, everything in the military, the people fighting side by side with you or your brothers and sisters, regardless of race and sex and or gender identity, sexual orientation doesn't matter. But at the time, there had just been some comments made through growing up um, that that would not be something that he would approve of had it been his own kid. So I held on to those comments and I made it the truth of how my parents would feel if I were to come out and I was absolutely terrified. So I remember driving home, 
the next day after I received that call from my mom and the anxieties I had and her sitting me down on the couch in our living room at the time, just her and I, my father was at work. And I remember her asking me and me finally admitting that, yes, I, I knew I was gay. And at this point, I, I cannot say that I you know fully remember her reaction, but what I know is that it was not, you know, open arms. It's okay. I love you no matter what. Everything's going to be okay. And I think that as a young adult or a, a child at 19, um, anything other than that Feels. can be felt as rejection. I agree. You know, and to kind of put you where I w- what I was feeling back then. I think I was more selfish about how hurt I was and how I, which I'm, I mean, I wish I could go back and put my arms around you and just hold you and say, I love you no matter what, because that's what I felt at that time. I really did. I felt like for so long I had asked if you were gay, there were little things that made me feel like maybe you were, and then there would be denial, of course, to make sure you felt safe or you felt okay in our home. You didn't want to be accused of being gay. And I think um, I was so hurt myself because I just wanted you to know that I'm your mom and I love you no matter what. And I'm sorry if that's not the way it came off because that's what I felt. But I'm sure I could have been in my own pain at that time thinking I'm losing my daughter. Um, She's never going to get married. She's never going to have children. Of course, that's not the truth. That's not the facts of what happens when someone comes out that they're gay. And, but it took me a minute, I think just to, um, sit with it. And because I've been told for a couple of years that everything that I thought was not true. And there was so much backlash from my family, husband, you, you know, saying that I was not, um, I shouldn't be, thinking that or that I shouldn't be or you're crazy for I'm crazy for um, saying that and so I think um, I I think my biggest thing was that I just felt hurt that I was your mom and I thought you knew that I loved you no matter what and you didn't feel safe enough to come tell me that and so that's where I'm sitting with what I remember as far as how you came out but I know that the perception or what was received was that you didn't feel loved or accepted. And I'm so sorry because that is not how I feel or will ever feel about anyone. I love all people, gay, non-gays, whatever. Your choices are your choices. And I believe in being loving to all men and women and all people. And it's not okay to um, be hurtful or to lash out or to be judgmental or um, prejudiced in any way towards anyone. And, um, but for that time period, you know, there were several things that came up in the years before the dream and prompting me to go find out what that sticker meant because I didn't know I had no clue. And, and, um, I thought it just meant equality for all people and it does, but it also symbolizes the gay community, equality for, for the gay community as well. So, um, I just remember a few things like a report you did. You have always been an empathetic, loving, kind person that has always 
wanted to be a friend to the underdog and be um, a friend to anyone that needed it. Mm-hmm. And you've always felt so deeply about people that were anorexic or that were going through bullying in school or any of that. And so um, I feel like when I asked you about your report, you're like, mom, no way. I'm not gay. Why do you think that? You know, so I really beat myself up for thinking those things or for assuming or, or having an inkling that something was different and that it wasn't um, what you were saying it was at that time. So, um, and then I remember a couple of other instances, like, you know, just little signs, you know, and, and, um, but I just want you to know that I did not feel like you were a bad person or that I couldn't accept you or that um, your lifestyle wouldn't be a part of our life because I would always want you to be a part of my life. Never would I ever want you to not have your parents in your life because that is a fundamental needed relationship in this world to have a support of a mom and dad or moms or two dads, whatever, but to have support from those that love you and that are your safe place. And I'm sorry that you didn't feel that because that's the only thing that would have been in my heart, except for maybe I was in my own pain and I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is true. I was not crazy and I was um, experiencing those emotions and feelings for a reason. And now what? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's uh, important to talk about as well, that for so many years, I, I never remember you coming to me out of anger, asking me if I was gay, but for so many years you did question it. And you're right, because I did not feel safe. I didn't feel like I would have the same freedoms as far as hanging out with friends that were girls. Um, I didn't feel that I would be treated you know, well if my family knew I was gay. And I based that off nothing other than, you know, just fear of being judged and persecuted because of religious beliefs. Um, but I, I definitely remember that, that um, report in particular, where I found out that there was a church named God Hates Fags. That is the actual name of the church. Wow. Um, and it struck me so hard because it, I never heard stories similar to mine. I didn't know any gay people. I didn't know um, of anyone that was religious that was gay. So I did a whole entire report on how gay people were being persecuted, right. you know, for, for just simply existing. And I remember you finding that. And it's important to point out that I, I gaslit you a little bit as a child, you know, not to the extent of abuse that some people gaslight. Obviously, the intentions were that I wanted to be safe. I wanted to not feel unsafe in my home or to be judged or uh, punished is what I thought at that time right. I'd be punished. Mm-hmm. But I totally did tell you that your feelings were invalid, that it was based off nothing. How could you think that? You know, I remember coming up with stories telling you I was, you know, what my future husband would be like, just coming up with anything to try to make it seem as if there is a potential that I was going to be, you know, a straight woman. So I totally understand, you know, your feelings of hurt now knowing that for years that I, I did that in order to protect myself, you know? And I can see that now for sure. I yeah. can see that you didn't feel comfortable enough, which I wish you would have. 
and and that we could have been honest with one another. And I wish that uh, I would have received the information in a different way because if you didn't feel the love that I have for you, that then I didn't do it the right way. So um, I know that it's also coupled with dad and, and his yes. opinions and, and also us being your parents and feeling like you are letting us down, which we do not believe that. We believe you're an amazing human being and wouldn't want our lives any different. We want you to be in our lives and, and a part of our lives because you're an amazing human being. And yeah. we've learned a lot. We've learned how to love and accept and to have a different um, structure of a family. And that's okay. Yeah. And, and the most important part is, can you love your children no matter who they are? No matter if they are Democrat, if you're Republican right now, that's a big deal because <laughs> yeah. that's the polar opposites right, right. now is, is, is with, with politics. But um, yeah, can you still embody um, what I believe in as Christianity and Christ is that he loved everyone. He died for all of us, not just for some of us, you know? And so for me, that was who I want to show up in the world as someone that is more um, trying to do what's right and trying to be loving and accepting of all people and and, and also still have my same um, love for Heavenly Father and for our Savior, you know, and yeah. that, that doesn't affect our relationship, you know. Definitely. In fact, it makes it better. It makes me want to be more loving to you. So I'm more loving to anyone, Yeah. you know, all races. Definitely. I do want to go back to um, that day that I came home as well, because you mentioned dad. And um, we just discovered today through talking through this that I feel like a lot of the emotions from that day were um, from my father. You know, he walked into the situation not knowing that my mom and I had discussed everything. And I think it was just very surprising for him. He had defended me for so many years. Again, me telling you know, my dad, that's not true. That's not true. She's crazy. Like that's not happening. So I think it was a huge surprise for him as well. And his reaction, what I remember to be the uh, reaction of both of you together. And of course, mommy trauma. I only remember this coming from my mom. However, through our discussion today, I learned it may have been more, you know, both of them or my mom respecting my dad's reaction at that time. But um, I remember them saying, you know, this is something that we need to process and to handle on our own. And at the time I was living with them and I remember that feeling like I was being kicked out of my home. Oh. It didn't feel like I was welcome. I remember packing my stuff. I remember leaving. I was about to go into the military as well. So I was in this transition period where I knew I would be, you know, shipping off to a different state shortly. Um, so that was my experience and my story from the time I was 19 until I was about 25 is that when I came out to my parents, I got kicked out of my home. Yeah. That is the whole sum That's of what, what said. Yeah. yeah. And just to interrupt really quickly, I, I was kicked out as a child, a very young age, 16, married at 17. And I know that I never wanted to kick you out of the house. And so, and your dad does have different opinions about that. And he, when he's felt like I've been disrespected or, that there's been anger or, or you know, um, animosity towards me. He has protected me, and he has, and I, I know he did kick you out once when for another reason. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was. I think because you cursed at me one time, and and so, but I, I I can see definitely that you did feel that, 
And I can see that it was probably something that was said, like, I can't handle that. Or, right. I mean, I can see, um, and we'll have to let ask him later on on that because that's his uh, true personal truth and what he felt. I don't know. But I just know, I remember it did take him a minute to sit with that and to accept it that, um, that the view that he had of his daughter is now changing and the, the picture that he had of your future, which is, you know, sometimes what we do as parents, we expect our children to be lawyers and they grow up and they're not lawyers. They, they decide to be musicians and that lets them down in some way. And maybe that's the feeling that you felt from us. And I hope that you know that that is not what I felt. Yeah. And so going back, I wish that's something I could be like, I never wanted to kick you out. I never wanted to kick out any of my children. I think that's very important with children, especially when they get to the age of 18, to help transition them into safe housing, into a home or into an apartment, and that it should be set up where they can start their life with success. And so for me, that's something I really do believe strongly because yeah. I was kicked out. And so for me, that's not something I want to do, not something I liked that happened in our home. In fact, I didn't always agree, but I did back my husband up with some of the things, you know, that, yeah. that happened as we raised you children, you know, and um, I can also see that it wouldn't be comfortable for you to live with us with different views. And so, um, and at that time, because that was a very tumultuous time, um, there was already uh, animosity or hurt feelings or whatever the, the dynamics of, of, being a teenager and, and having to figure out your life and you don't want to stay in school, you want to drop out, or you want to do this or that, you want to go be with your friends. It's just such a tumultuous time and so hard to navigate without anything else on top of that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know like where all those feelings lay in there. So yeah, I'm sure that has some, some effect or some influence, but I think it was more so the not being received with open arms. Yes. Instantly, I think that that's any that. child's expectation of a, a parent that, you know, you feel parents should unconditionally love. And when they don't show up in that yeah. way, so it sorry. feels very conditional. I'm I so think, sorry. If dad and I could go back, I know that's one thing we would change. I know it's one big thing. Yeah. We'd put our arms around so you well. and cry with you. And say we love you no matter what and no matter what your choices are bria you're our daughter forever we love you and we support you and i think dad and i have grown a lot and we can look back at our mistakes Absolutely. and say that that wasn't okay to ever make you feel that way you know and to ever make you feel um unaccepted in our home or with us because you are us yeah yeah, I love that. Thank you for that. I think one of the things that I've learned over the past, I don't know, a few weeks, I feel like since we've been talking about this podcast, what I never considered from a parent's perspective, because obviously at this point in my life, my I don't feel very emotional about that story. You know, I released it a long time ago. We've talked through it just as we just did right now. I understand your perspective a lot. Um, but what I didn't understand about parents is that there must be that grieving process. Like you said, you have these expectations of I'm going to have this many kids and they're going to be this and they're going to be successful. And this is what I want them to do. And these are the behaviors I want them to have. And I want them to have the same faith as me. And I imagine that just like with death, the death of this ideology of 
what your children are going to be comes with the grieving process, you know, and different stages. So now I can totally see that initial shock, how it came off. You know, I took that as the whole sum of how you guys felt. However, now I can see it was a shocking moment. It was just shock. And, you know, had I been in a place where I could have, you know, stayed and we could have worked through it, I think we would have. But I also think that I needed that time away. You know, I needed that time to go figure out who I was and for you guys to also sit with it and and uh, see what that meant for you guys and to process how that was going to change, you know, the future, what you saw to be the future. You know, me having a husband and kids, you know, it's going to look different. You know, now it's going to be a wife and potentially kids. So I know that that does take some processing time. Right. And, And another part of it is when you throw in sobriety it's a lot easier to communicate as well. Like be able to be in a clear mind, in a clear state, you know what I mean? And and, um, I think it helps to be able to know clearly what the other person's feeling, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing else influencing feelings behind that, you know? Yeah. And let's touch on that because I think that's random. People don't know about what you mean by sobriety. So what she means is my um, former drug use, but it, also alcohol use. So during that time in my life, as well as into, you know, my late twenties, I drank not heavily all the time, but there was a time where I drank to numb all my feelings. And we'll definitely have an episode that goes more into, you know, alcohol abuse. I think it's a very important topic. Alcohol is so glorified in our society. And we definitely want to touch on that, but I did not drink for almost two years. Um, And that really did allow me to have the type of emotional clarity that I have now. And I think that's exactly what I meant. And and not just your sobriety, our sobriety, right? Dad's sobriety. Yes. To be in a place where um, we weren't uh, influenced by anything else and we could just be real with our emotions and feelings. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it allows you to totally have a mental, emotional, spiritual clarity and cleansing that you just cannot get when you're partaking in substances. And, you know, my parents have been sober humans for the entire time of their faith. What you guess you guys haven't probably taken a drink in well over 20 years. Yeah. You know, 2003. Yeah. Both of you. So that definitely contributes to why I think my parents can check in with themselves, check in with their emotions and be present with me and work through this healing. Like we, we don't want people to, hear our story and think that you know we think it's a blanket thing like just go talk to your parents about your feelings and everything will work out like we understand that there are different family dynamics and i know i'm so incredibly blessed to have parents that are sober that are you know people of faith who truly live it they don't just speak it my parents are the embodiment of christ's unconditional love what i grew up learning was Christ's unconditional love. My parents truly embody that. And I believe that that's why we are where we are. You know, there, there really are so many families out there with parents who can't get past the initial coming out. They just, they can't do it. They don't have the tools. They don't have the, you know, the ability to look past whatever vision they had for their children to just see them and accept them for where they're at. And it's extremely unfortunate. And we know that, you know, what we're talking about is not going to apply to every family. And sometimes I think it's important to put space in between family um, 
hopefully temporarily, hopefully not closing the door fully unless it's, you know, there's situations of extreme abuse and stuff, of course, do what you need to do to stay safe. But sometimes that space is needed. And, you know, I needed to take that space as well. And I did take time away from my family to really just, you know, feel everything and uh, work through everything on my own before we could come back together. And I had to create that temporary family that wasn't made of blood relatives. I had to find a community of people who accepted me for who I am and saw me for all that I was. And that is just as much family as, you know, blood is at times. I agree. And I think that gave you more confidence and you began to love yourself more where then you could then come back healed and and we can both of us healed yeah. through that process of being separated. I had to work on myself too. Like I didn't want to lose my daughter. There's no way I want to lose my daughter. Like she's everything. I've yeah. only wanted to be a mother. That's all I've cared about with my children are my greatest gifts. So to, to feel that loss as you did take that time just made me even more aware how important it was to stay strong and connected to my kids and not to let go and not let the world win and separate everybody from each other. You know, like that's all I see happening is families being destroyed by divorces and and not accepting one another and and being so judgmental and being so hurtful towards one another where I didn't want that to happen to our relationship, so. Yeah. I think that you do a really great job of that, making sure that we all stay connected, making sure that we're all accepting of one another. But I just wanna acknowledge you for how you've taken that outside of our family from this experience. And I think one of the proudest or few proudest moments that I've had of both you and dad was hearing that, you know, other kids in the church were coming out um, and how you guys were there to help their families and to help them. You know, I heard from personal experiences how you guys were so accepting and so loving and you guys taught others how to be graceful, how to accept their children, how to love them unconditionally, no matter what their choices were, lifestyles were. And I think that that is evidence that you're not only saying, yeah, I want our family to be together. I want to be accepting and loving, but you're living it. And that was those moments during that time or when I really saw that you and dad embody the lessons that we've learned throughout church. Christ's love, unconditional love of everybody, no matter what. And I still see you living that every single day. I see you check in with judgments that you have. I see you check in with how you're behaving. I see you apologize right away. And I think I do the same. It takes me a little bit longer. You do. It takes me a no, little bit longer no, to do. apologize than you. I am more righteous sometimes. And it takes me longer to check in with myself. But I see you actually living that rather than just saying it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I think it's important to also point out that, you know, when I'm referring to the church, I'm talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's the religion that I grew up in. Um, Some people know it as Mormons, LDS. um, And I have to say, I'm really grateful for my experience in the church. I do feel that a lot of my guilt and shame and um, negative feelings about religion did come from growing up in what would have been any, you know, type of religious belief systems, just because it doesn't align with my personal beliefs. But one of the major things that I love about the LDS church is that they live their teachings. 
I'm not saying everyone. There are humans in every church, and I don't think that humans are perfect in any way, shape, or form. However, I didn't grow up being told that um, you know, gay people were sinners or that they were going to hell. It wasn't that fire and brimstone. In fact, I don't remember any anti-gay rhetoric or you know, anything negative being said about the gay community while I was in the church. Uh, what I do remember is that people were very loving and kind. And um, my mom shared with me that, you know, a couple of them reached out to her when I publicly came out. And what was your experience of? Um, we the- had several friends come over, loving, supportive, just wanted to let us know that they loved you, that they are so grateful to have you in their lives and what a great person you are. And, and I just felt a lot of kindness and people saying, you know, I think everyone knows somebody that's gay or has a family member that's gay. And how can you not connect to, to that, that we should all be loving one another. We're all family, you know? So, um, yeah, I did feel from friends of ours that came over to talk to us, like, what are you going through? What's going on? Can we do anything to help? And then also I think, it was a great uh, experience to be with the youth and to help teach the youth and then to find out some of the youth were gay and that also be a loving safe space for them to um, feel at home and to feel loved and not judged. And that um, that has been um, one of the things I'm grateful for too, that if there's anyone out there that is gay and doesn't feel loved or doesn't feel accepted or doesn't feel or feels like many gay people do guilty or that have ideologies of hurting themselves or anything that because they don't belong in society, I just want to say, please, no, don't do that. You're loved. You're cared for. We are learning. We are learning every day how to be better people. I hope most of us, we don't want you to be hurt. We don't want you to feel like an outsider. And we want you to know that you're no different than us. We have things that we are working on and not, not to, that you have to work on being gay. I'm just saying you have to work on accepting people that don't accept you and how harmful and hurtful they are towards you. And I'm so sorry because you should not be treated that way. You should only be loved. You should only be love with an increase of love from those that are around you and that think differently. They, we don't have to think the same. This world would be so boring with all of us the same. And so I just say, hold on, just know that the sun rises and another day comes and it will be better and that you will find your family. If your family doesn't accept you, you will find that community that Bria is talking about that will accept you and love you and wrap their arms around you. And it doesn't always have to be your biological parents. It doesn't, but just know, hold on and and know that you're wonderful people and that you don't deserve to feel less than anyone. Hmm. Thank you for saying that mom. I think that that's really powerful. I think everyone is deserving of unconditional love and grace and kindness and equality. That's, you know, since I was a little girl, that's never been a question in my head. All humans are equal. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you look like. I don't care who, what, where you worship. Everyone deserves to be treated with kindness and respect and dignity. And it's it's sad how many people are 
you know, rejected from the people that love them. Society. But people that love them and from their friends. It's not okay. And we have to change that by standing up and speaking out and saying that no one deserves to be treated wrongly, no matter what. And I think that it's really important that um, what, what just what you're doing by being that change. You know, we both have really connected to the uh, Gandhi quote or misquote. I don't think these were the exact words, but be the change you see in the world. And that's something that we're both trying to do and we're human and we mess up, but it's something that we're both committed to. And I think you do such a tremendous job of doing that. And you don't always have the right language and you may not always get pronouns right, and you may not always know the right words to say, but wow, do you show up powerfully and open to learn and to hear and to adjust? Yes. And I think that's what it takes. It takes people just being open to seeing things differently. Right. You know, we, as human beings, we fear what we don't know. And it really, sometimes it takes people knowing someone who is gay or, you know, whatever, a different religion to, or black or a different ethnicity to truly understand that we are the same. All of us. We are. We are the same. We are. So. We're all, I believe, children of God and are loved and deserve to be loved. Every single one of us. I absolutely agree. I'm very grateful to have you as my mother and to have a father that also is so accepting and so loving. Let me just make sure I finish off with that. My dad is so loving and so protective of me. You know, if people give me weird looks, whatever, my dad is so ready to be on guard. He is so tender and kind and um, just fully accepting of me as well. My brother as well from the beginning. You know, there's no question from any of my family of whether or not to, to love me. And I'm just so grateful to have that. I know how blessed I am to have that. And I hope that everyone can find someone or a community to also provide that for them because you guys deserve it. And hopefully their families can change if they felt differently. And I hope that um, we can help change that too with sharing our story. So we really do uh, appreciate your listening. And I know this is a deep subject and it, we feel like, I feel like bawling my eyes out right now um, <laughs> because it is so close to home to share such intimate details of our experiences, but I feel like um, if there's anyone out there, I hope this helps you and I hope you have hope and, and know that things can get better. Even if at first it doesn't seem like your parents or your support group support you, there's, there's hope. Absolutely. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to continue to touch on this subject and, and others. And others. We're going to keep this going for as long as possible, this podcast, and hopefully we can get into some really deep subjects, but we would love to hear from any of you who are listening. If you have any suggestions on any topics that you want to hear about that have to do with mommy trauma, family trauma in any capacity, feel free to email us at mommytrauma@gmail.com and let us know your ideas. We are also open to hearing your feedback. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your feelings. We want to hear your voices. They matter to us. And that's our second episode. Ah! <laughs> hope to see you at number three <laughs> yes we will see you all at number three we love you what's your positive message you want to leave them out on today forgive mm. forgive forgive and move forward
forgive. Life is too short to stay in animosity and anger and hurt and pain. We choose for ourselves every day how we want to show up in the world. And we can be victims or we can be victors. And you can be victorious over your own emotions and feelings by choosing to be happy. And choosing to forgive. And if not for the other person, forgiveness is not always for the other person. It's for you. So you get to experience that peace. So we love you guys. We will catch you next week on another episode of Mama Trauma. Trauma. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mommy Trauma. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at Mommy Trauma and submit any questions you may have or any topics you want us to speak about at mommytrauma at gmail.com. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.